Welcome to the Plebeian Power Hour with your host Tipper and Kim. Uh, we were going to talk about current events this time. Yep, we're in the first week of January. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on right now. And I personally think one of the biggest news stories on any of the networks right now is the Idaho murder suspect being captured. So I, I had heard about the Idaho murders, and I heard about the that they had captured a guy. So tell us about the, the murders in the, the first place. Okay, so there are four students. They were murdered in Moscow, Idaho. They've been going to college. And the story has recently developed pretty quick. So Brian Koberger, he was a student in Washington at a university there, which is only 10 miles away from where the other people the victims went to school and he was arrested in Pennsylvania extradited to Idaho and when he was extradited all of this new information came out so what had happened is there was a house that had six people in it they two of the people wake up the next morning and four of the people in the house have been murdered and they had been stabbed which is horrible and any murder is awful um but everyone in the town was terrified because it's a small town and they had no suspects. But what we didn't know and we found out over these last two days is what is amazing about this situation. That just sort of blew my mind because we spent six weeks being like, we don't know who it is. Everybody's scared. Everybody's worried. They're trying to do all these tips. But what they found out is, so they're at the University of Idaho in Moscow. The guy who ends up being Brian Kohlberger, allegedly, but he comes into the house sometime after the three o'clock in the morning hour. Um, the girls, two of the girls had ordered like some kind of Grubhub or, or Uber Eats or something. And somehow Brian is there, but he, they were stabbed and whoever this person was left the sheath of the knife that he had used to stab everybody with. And he left the the sheath at the crime scene. So the two of the girls are in one room and then a girl and her boyfriend are in another room and they are the deceased individuals. So the police took the DNA from the snap of that knife sheath, found out it was connected well, they didn't know it was connected to this guy. Let me rewind. So then they have, after four days, oh my gosh, I can't get this in the right order. Let me try again. <laughs> <laughs> they have the knife sheath, but they also have an eyewitness account from one of the girls who was not killed. She heard talking. So she, and the dog kind of was going crazy because one of the girls who died had a dog. So she opened her door went over and heard who is apparently allegedly Brian Koberger talking to the girls in the room. So she goes back into her room and she locks the door. Apparently she always slept with the door locked from what I understand. And then she hears what they, she thought was them playing with the dog, which apparently times out to the murder. So she's hearing the dog barking. She's hearing a bunch of stuff going on. So she's, Later on, she unlocks her door, 
opens her door and sees Brian Koberger with a mask on walk down the hall past her bedroom. Yes. I had never heard that. Yes. Uh, That's why I'm saying so much stuff came out and I was like, whoa. So then the neighbors know that there is this Hyundai Elantra that is parked in the neighborhood. But they also go through the security footage camera of the very few places that have security cameras. And they see a white Hyundai Elantra go up and go down at the times that would fit the timeline. So then they are looking for a man of certain height, of certain whatever, with a particular facial feature that owns a Hyundai Elantra. And they find him four days after the murders. So they know and have Brian Koberger on their list of suspects after four days. So they start following him. They subpoena his cell phone records. They find out that he has been in that area multiple times and that he was in, I don't know that he took his cell phone the night of, but I know that they have um, his cell phone records of him going the next morning at 9 a.m. Just kind of check on the on the scene. And, oh my gosh, it just got so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of that. I hadn't heard any of that. So when I initially heard the story, it was that four people had been killed and that they had no suspects, yep. that they had a vehicle yep. that, that the, um, they were looking at the as a Hyundai suspicious Elantra. vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that was the last I had heard until I saw on the news that they had picked up the guy in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. He went home for Christmas because he's a student at Washington University at Pullman in Pullman where Washington State University is, which is about 10 miles away. He lived like approximately eight miles away from where the girls and the boyfriend lived. He didn't live there, but he was there. But the three girls lived there. But um, they got his DNA. So he went home for Christmas. He had his dad fly out, drive the car back where the police pulled him over to kind of timeline his yeah. path home. And um, they got his DNA from the parents' garbage can and matched it to that sweat left on the snap of that knife sheath. And then they arrested him. When I that, that, when that matched, DNA. they were like, boom, and they <laughs> arrested him. I was, But they had been watching him and surveying him for weeks. Yeah, I hadn't heard any of yes. that. So the way it was kind of presented was that they had no suspects. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the thing that I saw said they had like DNA mm-hmm. evidence that connected to this guy. From the sweat of pressing the thing. I guess it, I guess I'm just assuming it was sweat. Maybe he left blood, but oh, I don't yeah. think My so. guess I is it's it like skin, sweat. you know, mm-hmm. something. It wasn't, I don't, somebody had defensive wounds. Um, her name was Zana. She had defensive wounds, so maybe he had something else on him, and he touched the knife sheet, so it's possible, but it was just crazy. Yeah. Like, I just, and the dad of Kaylee Con, I don't know how to say her last name, Kaylee, Kaylee's dad, was really critical of the police, and to know that they were that ahead of the game that early on, because this, this guy, this Brian guy, is a criminal justice PhD student like he had been working with a lady in his a graduate degree so when he's getting his master's who had written a book with the BTK killer so he had like maybe 
I mean, uh, he, uh, yeah, I think that he maybe had an obsession, yes. and that he picked that uh, PhD on purpose. Yes. But, so wow, those, that was a fascinating turn of events this week that I was just like, whoa. Yeah, I was happy to see they caught the guy because that one I I saw that on so many, you know. Yeah, it was everywhere. News outlets, and and really the story was they don't know did it or, or that's what it yeah. was until they caught the guy and and they uh, had to if you've got a guy who yeah. knows what you're doing you I, have to make him think that he got away with i it. don't think people realize that it, in a lot of cases is that if they go out and make some of that information public mm-hmm. then they potentially scare the guy mm-hmm. away and lose evidence mm-hmm. you know then, then people know okay i need to they can go try and find alibis you know let me go yeah. find somebody and i'll tell them I was with you on smart. this night. And mm-hmm. so if you give people time to prepare, then all evidence potentially gets lost and other things come into play. So mm-hmm. none of that stuff was made public, which I think does make it really scary for people. Oh, yeah. There's just unknown killer went and just killed four people. And it would be we fascinating no idea who to it know his intentions. Like, I mean, yuck. Yeah, that, that, that was a... A big story. Uh, one that I had seen recently is uh, there was a Bills player. His name was Damar Hamlin, mm-hmm. and he just collapsed during a football game. Yeah, I heard of this. So there, it, it's the Bills versus the Bengals, and they're playing, and all of a sudden the guy goes down. And that happens a lot in football. Right. There's a lot of injuries. Most of them are, you know, muscle injuries, and people will either get up or get carted off and mm-hmm. they'll be okay and they'll respond you know they'll wave there's concussions and other things like that that happen injuries are actually a big part of football they sure it's not terribly common but they're common enough that sure. it, it's not that big a deal what was strange about this one is that it was a heart you know injury and and that doesn't happen yeah. in football like that is not i don't know that there's ever been a heart injury in football. There's been a lot of brain injuries and mm-hmm. people have died from brain injuries and stuff from football. And his was a heart and he, I think he had got hit, but he didn't get hit hard. Like it, this was just a normal play. You know, tech, millions of these plays have happened in the last 40 years. And all of a sudden this guy goes down Yeah. and it turns out, you know, he, he's basically not responding. They have to take him to the hospital. He gets revived, but then it has another, heart yeah. episode. They had to revive him twice from what I yeah. read on a headline. So he was essentially revived twice, and I don't think it was that consecutive. Like, like it, there was some, some time wow. in between. And the the thing that really makes it such a big story is there's been a lot of athletes that have started to have heart issues. Whoa. So in prior to COVID and, and people say the vaccine and I have no idea. I don't want to get into like any anti-vax stuff because I think the vaccine is good. And I mean, what I really think is people who are vulnerable should take it. Right. And I don't necessarily, to me, like healthy people, I don't think it's really that important, but vulnerable people, this is a lifesaver. Right. And he had just had a booster shot like a week before. So pretty much everybody Whoa. in the NFL, because of whatever rules, had to get the vaccine. Some of them, most of them I don't think care. Some of them are, you know, I'm about as healthy as you can get. Right. And I think some of them get kind of upset about being forced, like 
you know, the general population. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what this guy's position was, anything like that, but that's what makes it such a big story is that there's heart issues and going I didn't on with know these athletes. Because I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry for this guy. Why is this so big? Because it was everywhere. It was everywhere. And I thought, you know, I can see why it's news, but I didn't know why it was so big. And now and I And the see. so big, I think, has to do with that because a lot of, say, you know, anti-vaxxers are saying this vaccine uh-huh. killed them. It's killing people. And the, the numbers suggest to me there's something going on. Something, no regard, I mean, who knows what's causing it. Right. To me, I think COVID could do the same thing. Right. COVID potentially causes heart issues as well, but there have been documented studies saying that the, the vaccine, yeah, the vaccine has will heart cause issues. heart issues. And some countries, I think, have said, you know, if you're under 18, like, don't take it. Don't like, take it. The, the heart issues are worse than the safety you'll get from it. So oh. I think that happened in, like, it might have been France, I think it might have been Sweden, but some countries have come out and just said, don't bother no, if, you're, if you're healthy. I heard they canceled the game. They canceled the game, which is crazy because they, they normally never cancel games or they yeah, make I've them up. Yeah, I've never heard and of this that. one, they just said, it's done. We're not, we're not replaying it. It, it. it essentially never happened. So Whoa. I think the, the thought was the Bills were probably going to win, which would have put them in position to be like the number one team going into the playoffs Whoa. from the the AFC. Oh, no, here comes another conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> that, so if you're going to go into conspiracy theories, right. like the, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they're yeah, the ones that's who right. benefit because now they're number one. You know, so old Andy Dalton or something uh, orchestrated <laughs> this crazy. And, and there can't be anything to that. That's a ridiculous it thing is, to say. It but, is silly. But it causes all this confusion in the league is, okay, the Bills had the potential to be the number one. Now they're essentially half a game behind as far as, you know, wins go. The Kansas City Chiefs will potentially have a, a, an additional win that the Bills could have had. So they'll go in and get home court advantage or home field advantage, I guess. So the implications, and, and the Bengals, I think, you know, maybe they could have won and they also had a, have a shot at being number one in the yeah. division. Like this was a big game. I don't follow sports like so the, I probably the Bills should. and the Bengals. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. Yep, I actually cheered for them last year. I did too. I do like, only watch the Super Bowl, which is, you know, the Super Bowl. I think is really a, a fun one to watch because they bring in the sports and the other entertainment and stuff. I really like the football mm-hmm. aspect of it. I love football. It, but, I just don't watch it. So it, it, it's it. I don't think it's really going to throw off the season, but it. I play what's called fantasy football. Yeah. It it puts some confusion in the league. Okay, <laughs> does this guy win? You know, because injuries happen and people get taken out of the game, and that's just part of fantasy football. And this was literally two full teams. Don't. It's like they all got injured at the same time by fantasy football. They just all wow only got I part of a game. And you know, if you think about it in other terms, like betting. People who bet on games, mm-hmm. my guess is everybody just who bet just got back. refunded or whatever. But like, that's a you know billion Maybe dollar industry don't. sort of Maybe thing. Maybe you just forfeit yeah. your oh, money and you and bet that they would win guys. and they didn't win. That's what that's <laughs> the rule. Sorry, who, who won it? So it, that one was a really interesting one because number one, you got kind of the the conspiracy aspect of maybe the vaccine or Corona or you sure. know something is happening to athletes and then well you were saying something 
about the number of, of athletes deaths? Yeah, so somebody was keeping track of this. And, and what's funny is the first thing that I saw, John Stockton was talking about this. John Stockton was, oh he's not, I, I don't know if he's an anti-vaxxer. He might be. I think he is. But he's, he's big on the don't force people to take the vaccine. Yeah. Like, really big on that, which it's I'm kind of close to that. Like, I don't like people being forced. But That does mean something different than it did three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And But and, I think that he does, I think he came out against the COVID vaccine. And I think that what he's, I, I kind of like his position because to me he doesn't have anything to benefit he's got no real skin in the game aside right. from you know he doesn't want people to be forced to take well, a he's vaccine a nice guy and he seems like a nice yeah. guy and i don't think he's trying to be dishonest or anything right but he said and i saw this somewhere else and i tried to do a little looking into it but it's one of those things that you either have to take somebody you know somebody's word for it like i don't know for sure that any of this is true but there's mm-hmm. a website that says they track um, athletes' deaths, just unexpected deaths. Mm-hmm. And they said prior to 2021, they had tracked, and I think this was over, I don't know when they started. It, my guess is that it, it you know, doesn't go back in time that far, so maybe like five years. They said they tracked like 20 unexpected deaths from athletes, so people just dying on the field. It doesn't have to be on the field, because I think some of them, when I looked into it, I think some of them were you know, it was cancers or brain tumors, but they had uh, 20 prior to 2021, and now they got over 1,600. I was looking it up, and I can't, I can't find it. I'll have to find it because. It, it, but that sounds crazy. And if it that's sounds true, crazy, that's and that's what John crazy. Stockton was saying. Is he says, "I've got names. I've got a thousand names here of, of people who've just died, and and no real explanation. And a lot of it is heartening because I've personally seen about five or six heart-related issues of deaths in the last year of athletes. And some of them are like high school and some of them are older. I mean, even not athletes, the number of people dying from heart things has skyrocketed. Yeah, unexplained deaths Mm -hmm. is huge. And this guy guy didn't die. Yeah, thank goodness. We are always glad when that doesn't happen. Yeah, and and my understanding is he just kind of, he's been making a recovery. I did look up before we started and it did say that he is still considered critical condition at this point but that he is making incredible improvements so hopefully things will go really well for him yeah hopefully things go well but i think that's what made it such a big news story was there's this other aspect that this might be a not just him this is a bigger thing that's fascinating I'm going to be searching that. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. I more. need to look into it more. <laughs> the problem that I have is that sometimes you can find information. You just don't know if you can trust it. Abs- absolutely. Especially with our previous or future show yeah. about inventions <laughs> and AI. and Our, our conspiracy theory. Right. I'll ask chat GPT what that's it thinks. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't think we can leave here without talking about Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is the GOP... Uh, I want to say front runner, and yet I don't think I can to become the speaker of the house. I, I think you have to say front runner. You do, like if you look at the votes or whatever. He's lost twelve votes now, and when he was at ten or eleven, they're like, "That's the most for one hundred and sixty years." Yeah, and <laughs> and he's lost twelve votes, and people are changing votes, but he's not gaining any ground. So, a majority of the caucus is 
voting for Kevin McCarthy, but he is not getting enough votes to win. But he keeps going and going. And I think one of the most interesting parts about this is not only because it's historically new, it hasn't happened in 164 years, but there are a lot of things that have to happen with a Speaker of the House. And those things cannot happen if there is no Speaker of the House. And one of the big things coming up is they have the debt ceiling issue. They are hitting their debt ceiling and you have to have the Speaker of the House for some reason I'm not super clear on in order to raise the debt ceiling. So I, I wish I knew more about this. I should have looked. I, I didn't know this was going to be one of the stories, although I should have because it's a big story going on right now. But if I what I'd like to do is the research because my understanding is they're not really allowed to do anything I do in think, Congress until they pick the Speaker of the House. I do think that this is the 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 thing. Yeah. Like so I, I don't I don't think they're the, moving the debt on ceiling until is, they can is move something on. that is coming up, but before they can do anything that might they be. have to pick this speaker of the house. But I was I was thinking, you know, I can't decide if I want to roll my eyes at this man or like stand up and clap that he's just, you know, so willing to keep going in the face of such defeat. You know, I don't know what I feel about this man. I don't really know about this man. Um, but I'm like, huh, look at you. Are you delusional or are you just like pushing through? <laughs> Good for you, buddy. See, and for me, like part <laughs> of the thing that I'm trying to figure out is... Why they don't want him? Well, why they don't want him, which... which oh, there's some, some of the things that I've that. read, like I can kind of understand, but what I don't understand is if not him than who like he seems yeah. like he has the most experience well he was the minority whip yeah he's been kind of doing a similar sort of job but as the minority group but as the yeah so mm-hmm. now he would be the majority which i think puts him in like third in line for president which i don't think has ever happened but it's just an it's, interesting thing isn't it secretary of state first uh i don't know first? i thought he i thought he was third that should be one that we talk about order of that but the if they don't pick him, I know that they've brought up several people, but the, the the opposition group has changed who they've nominated or or picked. Sure. So I think what happens is everybody just has to name a name when it comes their time to vote. Is you just pick a name. Yeah. And they have to get like two hundred eighteen people, which isn't necessarily true because like if people don't show up or they vote president or right. whatever, it changes the. Mm-hmm. It depends on how many people show up because you have to physically be there. Or actually, I don't know you that have you to have vote. to so, anymore. So you, if you, you show up, you can vote present. Vote. Right. Yeah, so if you vote present, it's essentially you're, like you're not voting. I think it's a, it might oh. as well be you're not there. Because I think one of the things he wants to change is like long-distance voting. I don't know. I need to research more about this. But I do think it's fascinating because as of right now, he is looking like he's losing his 12th. 12th vote and I I would I need I would love to I think we've reached a point now that we're like we need to know from those 20 people who are voting no why you're voting no <laughs> and, and I don't think you'll get an honest no, answer because where I feel not. like they're at is this is all this is political game such political this games. has nothing to do with doing what's best for the country it, it, which is what bothers me because I'm I hate the politics aspect is what I feel like is everybody who goes into Congress or the Senate or president, you know, any position, 
your job should be to do what's best for the country. And that's mm-hmm. always debatable. But what they're doing right now it's does not seem like sound. that's their intent at all. Well, their intent, so. it seems Keep to me, to gain, I don't know, personal favors. Yeah. You know, put me here, they, they, give me and this. And they admit it. Yeah. They say that they won't and vote for them unless they give them what they my want. My understanding is that's not a new thing. That's the way it's <laughs> no, been that's going. Po- and that's it, the only politics. reason that it's coming up now is because this vote isn't going through. And it's yeah. been so long since we've had it happen like this, since the, essentially the Civil War, which triggers my tinfoil hat conspiracy <laughs> things like, oh, you know, if you if you look at the trends, the last time this happened, we all started fighting each other. That's true. But let's talk about the underlying thing. They can't vote on the debt ceiling until they figure out a Speaker of the House. And we had talked about um, the British and how they had their wars and how they were making the colonists pay for it. Well, and how they had their tax revenue that could only pay for um, the inflation I'm sorry, the interest on their debt. Well, the United States interest rate on their debt is now going to be 15% of the tax revenue. And <laughs> so when they're like, we want to raise the debt ceiling, I'm like, no, <laughs> don't. Because I don't, anybody that knows, you know, basic elements of economics knows that when you have more debt, and you can't repay that debt, then you have to pay more taxes to repay that debt. And and things get in an already economically in unstable world, even more unstable. But I looked up a few of the numbers on this. And right now, there is $31 trillion in debt. And America's tax revenue, revenue for 2022 was $4.9 trillion. So do the math. And if we paid 100% of our tax revenue toward our debt, how long it would take to pay off our debt. <laughs> and and we, we can't, you know, do that because we still have to buy things, mm-hmm. you know. You like can't, we, even, we can't. even if you've paid, though. So imagine how long it's going to take us because we're only paying the interest rate. So, and oh. I haven't looked at this for a long time, but my understanding is this is still true, is that we haven't had what's called a balanced budget where the amount yes. of money that comes in taxes and the amount of money we spend in a year is essentially equal. We haven't done that since the 90s. Oh, really? Is we just keep falling further and further behind. And, and I wonder if that's one of the things that the opposition to McCarthy, you know, if, if that's one of their sticking points is we need to do something about this. But my problem is I'm too stupid to know you know people talk about the debt all the time and it's alarming to me i i can't I believe that we got in the position that we're in and other people just say well it doesn't matter you know who do we owe it to like who china china has a lot of our debt i think china has some but i my understanding is they quit buying it they don't even want it anymore. that's because we're a terrible <laughs> i mean i know that we have a, a high rating when you when you look at everything but i as somebody who like has bills to pay yeah. and stuff. When I look at this, I'm like, I mean, that's, that's six years if, if this of were our a normal entire person, 
people would be looking at them like they were incompetent, oh, crazy yeah. people. Absolutely. You know, like we need to take away their credit cards. This mm-hmm. is not okay anymore. But as a country, it's hard to say whether that's true. And the scary thing for me isn't necessarily the debt. It's that the economy itself, our GDP, number one, I'm convinced that we're kind of fudging numbers with our GDP. I feel like I feel like that's what everybody's doing, and I don't like that we are part of that. But what I really worry about is if that collapses, we're in huge trouble. Because, you know, if you've got debts and you've got a job and you can pay off your monthly credit card bill, you're okay. But you lose your job, you lose your income. Oh, yeah. You're in, you're in huge How trouble. How do you pay that debt? So I'm worried that we're about to lose our income. So that that's what scares me is our economy doesn't seem to be doing well and we're doing whatever we can I, I, I suppose you know that it, it really gets into that area that I don't know what's best you know, I don't but, know how you fix it with false numbers though I don't know that's how you fix I it with false numbers I really and I hope. really that you can get into things much deeper than I really kind of <laughs> want to right now right. but I I worry that we're fudging the numbers and that a lot of our GDP is we're not actually making things anymore so no. We're like, oh, some guy carried my food from, you know, mm-hmm. McDonald's to my house. That bumps the GDP up. Well, yeah. what, what, what real value? You know, we used to make things, and we, okay, mm-hmm. we've made this many cars and this many whatever, and the well, things that those, we make. The service jobs are the first to go. Yeah. If, if stuff does start to collapse, like nobody, nobody is going to want the guy to bring the food from McDonald's to the house because they now really cannot afford it. It's not like they even. Fake and, can't afford it. And as far as like the, the value, you make a car, that car sticks around for however long. You make a house, that house sticks along. You you deliver somebody's food. Once you've done the delivery, the value's gone. Well, and that Nothing goes with a around. lot of service jobs. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some, like, mechanics, great. That's a great service job. I don't know if that's actually a service job. <laughs> but when you're talking about, like, hair dyeing and yeah. nails and... Botox and like I think of feminine things because those are the kind of ones that I don't necessarily do, but I I see a lot, and I just think those are those are the first to go. And America is a service orient, like a service economy. And if stuff starts to collapse, I mean, yeah, could get that, that's the part quick. that scares me and worries mm-hmm. me. You know, when when you talk about the debt, I'm not sure the debt is is as big a problem. And until the economy starts Collapses. having problems, and if mm-hmm. you look at what's happening if, with the economy, yeah. it's not it's not good. Like no. they're basically saying, we have to have a recession to fix inflation. We, we have, do, and we, we have, have to have, to have, have all have these people lose their jobs to fix the debt. <laughs> and it it really just seems like we put ourselves in a position where we don't know which we have to pick a bad road, whichever way we go. They're picking the bad road, and way. they're just pretending they're not picking yeah. the bad road. But you have to pick the bad road. Because that's kind of your only option for digging out. And if I believed that the opposition was doing things, you know, the opposition to Kevin McCarthy, if I believed that they were sticking up trying to say, hey, we need to fix this problem, I don't know that I'd necessarily have a problem with what they're doing. I just don't believe that's what they're doing. I think they're just trying to get personal gains and put themselves in a position where they can make political scores. Mm -hmm. You know, they can own the libs or whatever, you know, the word (laughs) is. I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff that I just think, I don't understand 
why they're doing what they're doing, and part of me thinks it's foolish. So I, I'm really curious what will end up happening. You know, if my assumption is McCarthy will win. The win might not be the right word, but he will become the Speaker of the House. He win the vote. I think that's fine. Yeah, but, but it, my guess is it's a crappy job in saying that you won it. Yeah, you might regret maybe, maybe getting it in the first place. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That's how I feel like with a lot of political I, oh, things. Sucker, you, you think you won, but you really <laughs> right. lost. Enjoying uh, being the president. You just took the worst job that there is. <laughs> so my last one is, I want your opinion on it. I don't even know if you know much about it. But Russia has just sent off a ship. Have you heard of this? It has a new hypersonic missile on it, and they they launched it. That's wrong. They sailed off from northern Russia, and they're coming around Norway and down the UK to go into the Mediterranean, Mediterranean, where they say they're going to take the Suez Canal down into the Indian Ocean, because that seems logical, considering they're at war if you just go up. Istanbul. <laughs> we'll just put it on a train to <laughs> yeah. the Black well. Sea. But I'm like, this new weapon, it is a hypersonic missile that can travel in the upper atmosphere at five times the speed of sound. So it's 3,853 miles per hour. I don't, I, maybe this isn't common, but when I'm hearing this, I was like, why is this not talked about more? This is a big deal because that is a rate of speed that will beat all of the missile defense systems that America has at this point. And in 2019, so Russia and Cuba are buddies-ish. Ish. They used to be more buddy-ish if you follow history. But they also, even at that time, felt a little bit um, coerced by Russia to put in which I feel like we should also talk about that sometime, is the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis. But they had a Russian warship come to Cuba in 2019. And this begs the question, because if they are there, the they have a direct um, hit at 250 miles. Accurate testing at 250 miles. So he he sends the ship out. This is Putin. And he then says, here's our missile. And this is great about our missile. And our missile, 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 missile. So he's like saying all these wonderful things about his missile. But if he, if they do end up somehow in Cuba, that is pretty much most of Florida is now in non-defensible target, which is kind of exactly the same thing as the Cuban Missile Crisis before. Yeah. Now, it's not going there, but I, I I, would be really astonished if it made it out to the Indian Ocean. But I just think that I have a hard time with the fact that we're not more in up in arms about how crazy Russia is being on their... See, it's really hard to me because I don't know enough of the truth, but my I just make assumptions. And what I assume is that Russia has similar capabilities as the U.S. In fact, I don't think we have hypersonic missiles. They're ahead of us. Them and China are both ahead of us in uh, the hypersonic missile technology. 
I think China has hypersonic missiles as well, and they made them specifically to bypass our defense systems. Right. But, and that's why, and Russia and China are friends right now. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty friendly. Um, but where I was going is I believe we have nuclear submarines that we put out across the world. In theory, if anybody were to strike at the United States and drop nuclear missiles on us, we have nuclear submarines that nobody knows where they are except for us, and we could strike essentially anywhere we want with these nuclear subs. And I think we're pretty, we're on a parity level with Russia. My assumption is they have that. They don't need to, you know, this might be a show and this might be a warning, you know, like. So you think we're already in whatever danger we yes, might be in. Yes, I, I believe that and i don't know that it's true but i so really believe russia has as there's many no reason submarines. to believe that russia doesn't have the same nuclear capabilities that the u.s has and that they could strike us if they want i totally <laughs> believe that and, and the, the downside is because i have wondered i was like how do they get here like this, this is a big deal and they say that you know he's openly said that if anybody joins this war he will respond yeah in a big way and that is one of the reasons why the United States and other uh, NATO allies have not joined the war. Is which, because... which we say that, but I cannot wrap my head around why it's okay for us to send hundreds of billions of dollars in arms that yeah. are killing Russians and that that doesn't cross a line. Like I can't, If we put boots on the ground, that crosses a line, but if we put Patriot systems in that, think, that doesn't though, cross that a line. manpower makes a gigantic difference, but when this treaty was made, they didn't have the technology that is available now, and they probably, um, if you offered up your stuff, it wasn't quite as damaging to the opposition as it is now. I mean, even, oh, gall. Elon Musk. I wanted to call him Nikolai Tesla because he, <laughs> he made the Tesla when he he's a private citizen who gave them this whole communication system availability with the internet. And I mean, Russia nowhere saw that coming and that was absolutely huge for them. And so that was definitely not written into whatever treaties were made a long time ago, even if it was given by a government. See, and I'm also a big believer, you know, the, the treaties kind of mean something, but you can find many instances that have happened in the last five, six years where the United States has backed out of treaties and just said, look, we're not following this anymore. And what I don't understand oh, is yeah. you can say, that. yeah, Trump did yeah. it a couple times. and But didn't he, did he back out of? I mean, one was environmental. One was environmental. Did the other one was with the Iran agreement, whatever that was, one? which I think Biden may have reinstated. Uh-huh. I don't know. But anyway, there's precedence mm-hmm. to say we're not following this. And, and I don't understand mm. why Russia would – it kind of feels like, oh, we tricked you. We said, if we put boots on the ground, you could attack us. Ah, we're not putting boots on the ground. We're putting Patriot <laughs> missile systems on the ground. Totally different thing. Totally I, different. I don't understand why that would fly well, what's in funny any manner. But. Is there is a training ground in, is it Poland that's right there? Yeah. A training ground where U.S. troops are training Ukrainian troops in Poland. Yeah. 
and but they're not sending additional people. So it's and, true. And it really just feels understand. like a trick, you know. Like if we're saying, "Oh, we we won't put boots on the ground," how we're we're going to put them in Poland? We're and we'll putting them in Poland, there. Like, and if they want to, we won't train over. them in Ukraine. That. Yeah. So I don't really feel. What I feel is that Russia doesn't know the United States and NATO in particular are so big that Russia can't do anything by themselves. They would potentially well, need but China. They have China but China, who likes them. China likes them. And because if you the get enemy into this, of your enemy is This, this your is friend. where things get to the point where it, it's a matter of trust. Because I've read things that basically say Russia, That's true. Russia and China would love to you know, es- essentially take on the United States and NATO. Yes. And th- that the reason that China can't is they are so reliant on United States food. Oh. So if they were to attack us and we cut off the food, hundreds of millions of people would starve to death. But China doesn't really care about that. They don't until, but when you have 100 million people starving to death in your country, yeah, that's more than your army. Oh. So the the destruction that will happen in your country isn't just that you lose 100 million people. It's that 100 million people take to the streets and do whatever they can to get food. Well, after this la- latest COVID shutdown in China, they have been having their first, yeah. uh, what do you call them? Uh, we'll say I was going to say rebellion. Let's say protest, <laughs> protest, which is a mild way of it is. saying what they're doing. But Protest is a mild way of well, saying Well, what they're doing right now... It, it, I wouldn't call it riots either. Like it, no, it's, it's really protests. It's fairly mild for. It, it's fairly mild. How angry people can get. But for China, but for it's China, about the highest huge. level since Tiananmen Square, essentially. Yeah, and 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 they've not seen this since yeah. Tiananmen Square, and Tiananmen Square didn't. I mean, did not end well. Like. Yeah, lots of people died, and and I don't know that that's going to happen now because my understanding is they shifted their policy and said, okay. We won't do the shutdowns. We're not going to do the shutdowns. And lots of people are dying. They're having oh, yeah, a major COVID there. outbreak that's happened, and millions of people are dying. When you fill up your hospitals, there's you can't give them any of the latest anything, and that's what's happening. But it, it satisfies the protesters. Yes. You know, the, the I, I really do think you, you can't lock people down for that long. It's, the, the well, mental it's third issues year, and is, they've been very strict yeah and i think very for the strict. most part like it's only when they have outbreaks my understanding is when they don't have outbreaks they're very free well you still have lots of restrictions on travel and i think they have to get tested a lot yeah they like do. that that was one of their big strategies was oh, you have to get tested the, all the time in the middle of it all you had to get tested when you got off your bus and you had to get tested yeah. when you walked in your store and you had to get tested like there you did you got tested a ton so I, I think that was their big strategy is that as long as the tests were coming back negative, you had a lot of freedoms. And as soon as the tests would come back, that they started getting people positive. Their lockdown methods were brutal in some cases. Like oh, yeah. literally they're barring people in their homes and they can't oh, leave for three weeks. I remember at the very beginning, and one of the reasons that I jumped on it so fast is because of the numbers, the high numbers that were there, but also because they would do, you know, they have the crime scene sticker paper. Yeah. So they know if it's been broken, yep. they would do that with people's homes, and I thought that was absolutely terrifying. Uh, that was the that was the <laughs> nice way. They they welded people into their oh, homes. Oh yeah, there, there was some brutal stuff that happened, was, and you know we they, did some crazy. I, stuff I'm here. not saying that, that you know they're t- terrible people because I don't know 
you know, they're trying to respond to it in what they think is the best way, and their methods are way more authoritarian than I think um, well, that, you should ever their have. Whole government like, I hate it. I would, if, if that stuff happened here, I would, I would want people in the streets. I would want people rebelling because I, I really am afraid of authoritarian governments more than about anything else. I think the potential for abuse is so high that I'd rather have the well, COVID. I mean, think of what's going on right now in McCarthy, and that's when there's a bunch of different people, and they still can't find a way to do things in a way that is for the best interest of yeah. Can't, the The best interests aren't, and, and I might be wrong, because I feel like there might be a lot more, I'm trying to think of the right word, because in my head, I think politics has just become part of the circus, you know, the bread and the circus to keep people amused yeah, and pacified. Mm -hmm. And politics has just become amplified, especially with like things like Twitter and Facebook and the, yeah. is, is now that is a lot of the news, you know, Holy hey, show. let's follow these politicians. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's a mistake. I don't think it should be entertainment. I think those people have specific jobs that they should be doing. And rather than trying to be entertaining and, you know, make people at home, you know, happy. And I, I really do think they should just be going in and doing their jobs. And I don't know that that's what's happening, but I might might be wrong. Like they might just be, well, we have to do this. I, you know, I have to go on Twitter and say this thing, but then once I do that, I can go back to doing my job. Yeah. And that might be what's happening because I could totally see that as well. But I really just hope that the intent on both sides, you know, I, I don't know yeah. enough about McCarthy. I don't have an opinion either way. My thought is he's probably the most experienced. But if you know that we have other things that need to be addressed, I mean, Yeah, how do you get them addressed? How do you get there if you can't even get over this the, other thing and there's there's work to be done and the sessions are only so long and we have, like, yeah. at, what, at what point are you just being so petty that you're just being petty and you're not really... And, and I would love to know that because, in my opinion, I think they're being petty. But the, the counter-argument, and what I believe that a lot of people probably believe, is that these are the only people who actually care about doing the right thing. Is that they're the ones standing up and... and I see what I you're don't saying. believe that, because, number one, I don't have a high opinion of any politicians right now, but I, I think that they might just be... This might just be a performance and that they're not, st you know, they're not standing up for values, but the flip side is they might be. They might be the ones saying... Our country's going such a bad way. Somebody needs yeah. to do something, and we can't just do business as normal, and you guys are just yeah. going to do business as normal. You put McCarthy in, he's already been doing this. It's kind of the Donald Trump drain the swamp sort of thing is you're just putting the same people in. They got, you know, he's got a different color sweater than Pelosi, but <laughs> how is he different? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know the truth. How is he different than Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, because what I really think with a lot of politicians is, a lot of what they say is they're stoking up their base and the you know trying to get their base energized. Do you think it would be better if we went to a system where you were hired for the job based on merit instead of election? For sure, but how do you how do you do that? You know, who somebody has to be the boss in that case. So then you make the president the boss, be. and then. <laughs> so if you were the boss, I'd be actually be okay with it because I trust you. And that's the big thing for me is we just need trustworthy people, and yeah. it's hard to find them. Well, if the game is part of the job, yeah. it makes it really hard to trust people. I've said this before, that once you 
get found out that you are lying and that you're not being honest, it it breaks the trust yep. and it makes it incredibly hard to trust you in the future. And so even if it is McCarthy who needs to step down or even if it is those other people that need to say, okay, we just need to get the work done. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I but just, I do think you're I right. Like, like at some point, home. we have to get back to business. We have to you get know, back we, to we business. We got a debt ceiling. Has to be addressed one way or the other. He will now forever be the guy who is the longest um, bid for the Speaker of the House in 164 years. He's already going to be marked as that. Like, what yep. is? What is? If he, is he a bad guy? If he's a bad guy, do not elect him. But if he's not, and you're just doing this for political gain, come on. And I think he thinks that, or I don't think he would keep going. And though some people don't know there's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's a bad guy. I don't know why he keeps going. Sometimes I just think it would be, I, I, like I said, I think it's probably a crappy job. Yeah. I don't know necessarily why you would want it. I'd be happy to be like, all right, somebody else take the, the hardest job in Congress. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that if it was me. Yeah. You don't want me? Okay, I'll step down. That's fine. I'll take my pension and my money and I'll retire. But I do hope that at some point they make a decision and get back to business and lower lower that debt ceiling. Although I don't know how happy I am with business as usual either. I know, it's true. Might as well just take a break. We'll see what happens. We're just watching from the sidelines here, really. So thanks for joining us. Yep. See you. Bye.